I'll read 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we ask you to have it do its work in our heart, to train our minds and to teach our hearts to conform to your will. We give you thanks for it and for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've had several messages from 1 Samuel chapters 1 and these verses. In chapter 1, we covered ground pretty quickly. Hannah was miserable. She was without children. She was one of two wives to her husband. The other woman, Penina, tormented her because she had children and Hannah had none. And yet, she prayed to the Lord, and Eli the priest looked upon her with favor, prayed for her. God gave her a son, and she did what she had promised to do, gave that son back to God. And so now we come to chapter 2, and this is Hannah's prayer of thanks to God for what he has done. In verse 1, she is joyful because she is saved. She knows the Lord and he knows her. In verse 2, she acknowledges God as being holy, righteous, worthy of praise. And then last time in verse 3, God does take an interest in the affairs of men, and he rules over the affairs of men. By him, actions are weighed, the end of verse 3 says. And so that brings us to our text today. And today, it really builds on verse 3. Verse 3 was, Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. The Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Then we come in to these illustrations in these two verses, 4 and 5. We have an illustration in the world of men, in the world of kingdoms. The bows of the mighty are broken, and yet those that had stumbled are given strength. So there is a reversal of fortune for these men. In the next, it's as if the whole nation is included, all the people... And so we see here, those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. In other words, those that were wealthy, that had plenty, are now just subsistence living. And the hungry, the formerly hungry, have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, so now we're on to the women. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. I think it's possible by this time that God has not only blessed Hannah, but he's brought rebuke into Penina's life. And so Hannah may be referring to her uh, competitor here, 
the other wife of her husband. So pride rises in our hearts, and then God crushes it. These reversals occur, uh, appeared across all the spectrum, the men, the women, everybody, involving everyone. God has blessed Hannah, and this is a wonderful thing, and she's rejoicing in it. This verse reminds me of what Andy Cusel wrote about in his uh, small autobiography. Andy is an elder in the CPC, and two years ago he lost his wife, and a year later, last September, he published a book and he entitled it Reverse. In other words, God reverses things. Reversal, when God takes you the other way. And he cited several times in his life where God had reversed his course for him. He had no idea he was on the wrong road until God finally kind of woke him up to it and put him back on another course. He'd had a failed marriage under his belt. He then married his wife Kirsten, and they had a couple children, and then he had a vasectomy, and yet a year later his wife says that she expects to have more children, and he's thinking, how on earth can that occur? His vasectomy was reversed. They went on to have many more children, and yet then God took his wife away. All of these, from his perspective, were huge reversals in his path through life. It's not what we expect. Yet, these reversals can be both positive and negative in the here and now as you're living them out. But we know God has our best interest and heart if we're his. So we know that regardless of what it looks like on the surface, whether you're gainfully employed and making a tremendous income because you took this initiative and went out and formed a company and now it's successful, or whether the reverse happened, whether you left the safety and security of a nine to five job and now you're suffering with want, we know that God blesses us, and yet we know that God's word chronicles these reversals. Proverbs 16:9 reads, "A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We are to make plans. He wants us making plans, but yet He will overrule them as He sees fit. And we ought to be thankful for that. We're going to hear a sermon shortly about Job. And so we will see of a great reversal in life. I want to ask you a question. Now, it's easy for us to just kind of look at the word, not apply it to ourselves. But I want you to think in terms of this. What or who do you find insufferable? And I had to add the who. We are all humans and we have other humans that tend to rub us the wrong way. It might not be that they're evil. It might not be that we're evil. It's just we are designed by God to conflict with one another. Obviously, Penina was that to Hannah. Penina was tormenting Hannah. And Hannah had to suffer with this for a long time, years. What do you suffer with? What do you find insufferable? We people can be very difficult, and that's all of us. And what's funny is this. If you examine your life, in one instance, you may be in the position of a Hannah, the heroine of our story, who is wrongfully being attacked by her rival. 
but little do we suspect that we may be Panina to someone else. You might be, at least in part. And so we have to open ourselves up to this critically, examine ourselves. Do we have hard hearts towards people? Are we the insufferable one to some people? This takes humility to see and accept. And if you are pricked in the heart by this, then you really ought to seek resolution of that. You ought to seek to resolve it. I want you to focus on what happened to Hannah in verses 1, 2, and 3. First, she was saved, and she was rejoicing and so thankful. So her heart was right. Two, she then speaks of the righteousness of God. Her eyes are focused on the Lord, on His goodness, not only on her joy, but the source of her joy. God exists. God loves me. He is the source of my joy. And third, verse 3, she's then seeing other people's sins clearly. She says, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. And then she goes on to give the example we've discussed today. Hannah, at this point, must be insufferable to Penina. And that is perhaps why I believe God has brought rebuke into Penina's life. But yet the righteous, we can find them insufferable at times. Now, if it's self-righteousness, of course, it's to be understood. But really, when we are in a slump of faithfulness towards God, we can find those that are more faithful than us at that point, insufferable. They're sharing their successful week with us, and we resent it. We're not thankful for them. We're not happy for them. We just want them to go away. We want them to do this. You notice the illusion. Oh, I love that movie. My wife hates it. Only when she's awake can I watch Master of Disguise. So now, we all exist in this milieu of obedience and disobedience. Height of walking with the Lord, depths of falling away from the Lord and resenting those that now are walking more closely with him. So we must examine our hearts towards others, especially as we come to the table. That's what the weekly table is all about, is giving us the opportunity to examine ourselves critically. Are we the mighty who have stumbled? Are we the hungry that are now full but you might see yourselves in one of these, in certain illustrations. So are we Hannah, as we'd like to believe, or might we be Penina, who we are finding the righteous around us to be somewhat insufferable? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you alone are holy and righteous, and that Hannah portrayed this so clearly in verse 2. You, Lord, are the source of all of our joy and contentment on earth, and we pray that you would remind us of this always and that you would exact from us thankful hearts because only then will we truly understand what you've done. We pray, Father, as we come to the table, that you would convict us of sin, that you would convict us of hard hearts towards others, that we would truly rejoice with those that rejoice 
and be sad with those who are suffering. We give you thanks for this table and for your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen.